Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is The Zwiftcast, coming up on this episode. Peak Zwift revisited. Numbers are through the roof. How high can they go? Where are the pro riders? Riding with us, that's where, and it's a whole heap of fun. And Operation Trainer Smuggle, the full story of how Zwift flew to the rescue of virus-hit teams in the Middle East. Well, extraordinary and troubling times. So refreshing, perhaps, to be joined by my ordinary and hopefully untroubled crew, Shane Miller and Nathan Guerra. G'day, mate. Uh, Listen, I'm a human. A human. You're a human. I'm in day four (laughs) of total lockdown here in Girona. So if I get a bit overexcited to talk to another human, you're just going to have to forgive me. How's it going down there, mate? Uh, In Australia, we're doing uh, okay, I guess. Uh, 2020's been fires, floods, viruses, and oh, true story. Today, I did find a spider in the toilet. That was very Australian. Um, I think he was looking for toilet paper. Uh, None there to be found. (laughs) It's the end of the world as we know it. Nathan, your dude, are you in a a bunker in Wisconsin? Plenty of supplies in, mate? Well, yeah, the bunkers change spots here or there, but I think I've been in a bunker for quite a long time. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're doing good here. The rain has started, which means the snow is gone, but that's not going to change much things anytime soon. No, no. Well, I don't think it's going to wash the virus away. And look, we can't avoid it. I mean, n- none of us have seen anything like it in our lifetimes. So obviously we're going to be discussing the virus and how it impacts our worlds. But look, this is just three mates talking. So if a bit of levity and irreverence creeps in, you're just going to have to go with us. Of course, this is deadly serious. And of course, people are suffering. We absolutely do not diminish that. And we will not set out to give offence or hit the wrong note. But if we inadvertently do, we're sorry already. Okay, let's get on. And extraordinary times require extraordinary measures. We are unprecedentedly and shockingly reopening our Peak Zwift guessing game. Do I need to explain why? Nah, I don't think I do. Uh, So we've already passed 16,000-odd concurrent users, which was the peak we saw back in January, and the only way is up. Shane, um, as the the previous winner, as I'm sure you weren't going to fail to remind us, as the previous winner, um, I'd like your refreshed guess, please. Now, we'll get onto the context in a minute or two, just the new number for now, please. Simon, you're asking me to revise perfection. I, <laughs> oh. Okay, if I if I must, um, sixteen thousand six hundred and sixty-seven. I'm going to roll with the conservative n plus one theory with this. Just n plus one from last time. Well, I can see the tactics there, but I think you're going to be wrong. Actually, uh, Nathan, same from you. <laughs> just a number for now. Hmm. This is a tough one. Like like you said, unprecedented. 22,000. Oh. Okay, well, I am uncharacteristically going to be uh, Mr. Optimistic, uh, or optimistic in certain ways. Anyway, I'm going to go with 27,000. I just, (gasps) I think this is enormous. I'm on the floor. I'm on the floor. I've I've passed This is like something we've never seen before, and I I just think it's just going to be so big. And we'll, we'll talk about maybe why in a minute, and with that context. But just a bit of insight that Zwifters may find useful. I talked to HQ this week. Now, they're quite rightly saying absolutely nada about numbers, and that is completely understandable. 
They've never used fear for marketing purposes and they're absolutely not going to start now. Like um, uh, like others, like many other businesses, all Zwift employees are working from home. All travel is on hold. But the message is it's business as usual. The update schedule remains in place with one due, I think, in about around a week's time. There is um, an increasing emphasis, as you'd expect, on events, and we'll talk about that later too. And just while I'm in this mode, uh, housekeeping mode, regular listeners will know that we gave HQ a bit of a pasting last episode. Um, After that, I was actually messaged by a number of people from HQ. Um, They weren't angry and they weren't actually disputing most of what we said. The points we made about HQ really, really needing to talk to the community more, I think, properly hits home. And the overwhelming message I was hearing was things will change. I think we might even get a Zwift version of Jeff from Overwatch. So uh, kudos, Nathan. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because Jeff is both a hero icon as well as the one who takes the lashings. So kudos to Jeff from, uh, well, as far as whoever takes over that role at uh, HQ. (laughs) Also a hate figure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whoever it is, that might be simultaneously loved and hated. Um, but anyway, it's going to be interesting to see how that one develops. Right, that's the housekeeping segment over. Right on! The impact of the virus on Zwift. Well, we're not going to get anything other, as usual, than what we see in publicly available information. But all the trends are hugely up. Numbers on the platform are up. The Peloton share price is up. Google searches for Zwift are up. Uh, Just from observation, the numbers of Italian, Spanish and French flags on riders in-game are up. Shane, it's very, very difficult to believe that many more people being at home for much, much longer... And for many people, a complete change of a way of life. It's hard to believe that that is anything other than great news for a home digital fitness company. Yeah, just to stick the knife into our friends at Peloton there, they did come off two of their lowest ever share price days on March 12th and 13th. So an increase there isn't much to write home about. Um, Okay, knife stab over. Um, Yeah, there's no question the Zwift numbers are up. Um, As people look to maintain their fitness or keep active in these current times, um, I'm seeing views up on my content regarding Zwift setups and the budget lines of trainers. Um, so it, it's good times in that respect. And again, as you said at the start of the show, no disrespect or anything because of the current situation we're in. But things are good in that respect. There's a lot of people online and I guess using it as a bit of an escape to get away from the current climate. Um, so that's a good thing. Yeah, and, and exercise is going to be a great therapy through through the big change that, um, that people are, are going to have inflicted on them. Uh, Nathan, I actually think this is quite a big test for Zwift because they're going to have to onboard a huge chunk of new users in a hurry. I mean, they've obviously had practice of that over the winter, but, you know, I, I just think the influx will be enormous. But also, in awful circumstances, it, it is a massive opportunity. Do you think Do you think many of these new people will stick around afterwards? That'll be interesting to see. I think that... Um, there, so the, I was thinking about this today, about market changes that might take place because things that are already in place, right? Like, you think if we didn't have so much that was already in place with not really having to leave your home. Like we have, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways that people do all of their shopping online and different kinds of things. And, and, and so there's a lot of things in place now where people could get really creative and see where, and this isn't an encouragement not to do the outside is free thing at all when it's nicer outside, but it's also that there's just going to be some more realizations about how creative a market can get and how much is in place in order to have maybe more thriving places 
just opportunity for the market to grow in places where it's really been ready. I, I think what you're suggesting there is that what we're all going through now, I mean, me in extremity, but I do think it's probably coming to the rest of the world. What we're going through now could herald some kind of permanence to the to the change of the way people live so live, live, live their lives and I, I you know i think that's i think that's really possible um shane back back to the mundane uh, i mean i've seen a little evidence here in girona but are we going to see panic buying of trainers and then the inevitable shortages Oh, I think it's too early. I think it's too early to really know. People are still coming to terms with what this new world order means and how long it's really going to last. As I said before, my trainer views are up. That's that's something that's for certain. Um, and I've had people messaging me about loaning trainers from the Llama Lab. I, there's certainly no shortage of trainers around here for that. Um, I think it's still too early. I'm a little bit worried if there is, though, because there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there to get people on on bikes, not just Swift, just on bikes and being fit indoors, whichever platform they choose. Um, but they do need that hardware, and if there's no hardware, they're not going to be able to get online and ride indoors. Um, I'm a little nervous. I really am. But um, it's a wait and see game at the moment. Yeah, it is. I mean, to be fair, I've not seen any, you know, in the usual places, I've not seen anybody saying I'm trying to buy a trainer and, and I can't because they're all on back order. But uh, that, that may be coming. Who knows? Well, although many people do find it difficult to understand here in Spain, uh, we have been banned from riding outside at all. And, and just a little bit of insight, they're, they're not messing about here. I mean, I've seen pictures of cyclists being spoken to by the police None of the cyclists I know here, and I've spoken to a number of the pros included, are riding outside at all. I mean, nobody is going out. And it's possible other countries may follow suit as this hideous virus appears to change everything. Um, I was talking to a couple of pros yesterday. They, The federation, their representative body, is is trying to push with the authorities to, to ride outside. But to be honest, I'm not seeing much appetite from them to do that, actually. Uh, and with no racing in the foreseeable future, many, understandably, are dialing down their training. But like all of us, they want to ride, and many of them are doing it on Zwift, both spontaneously and in an organised way. One of them is Trek Sagafredo rider Tom Squeens, a Latvian rider who's known for his aggressive style. I remember seeing him on a huge breakaway in Milan San Remo a couple of years back. I talked to Tom's. We're both in Girona, Spain, but we're talking remotely because we're all in lockdown here. And as a result of that, we connected in a different way. Uh, Both of us were on a ride on Zwift um, only a couple of hours ago. Uh, And I have to say, that was such a fun ride, Tom's. Uh, You were on it. Adam Blythe was on it. Jack Haig was on it. And do do you guys realise what a thrill it is for ordinary Zwifters to be on the same kind of ride as you guys? Um, I think it was Adam Yates, though, not Adam Blythe. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. It was Adam Yates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always fun to be on a ride like that and where there's actual sort of community feel because obviously even on when you're going outside, sometimes you see nobody, sometimes you have a nice group and also on Zwift, sometimes you have a great group, sometimes you don't, but uh, today's uh, ride was, yeah, it was really fun. There was a really nice kind of atmosphere between, you know, you guys and the other people on the ride and quite a lot of of nice banter. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what we're there for right to see how people are doing check in with each other especially now with these this situation going on and i mean yeah when you have to pedal you can always find a little leeway to use the fingers and uh, see how people are doing and maybe share a story or two well there was some there was some fun banter on it and i would urge anybody who uh, who sees toms and the other guys signed up for a ride to join it because uh, it was great fun 
Uh, Tom's the the sport. Well, the world is in chaos. The sport is in chaos. Um, how are you going to stay in condition, or is it even worth staying in condition? I mean, that's actually a great question because um, obviously, when we train a lot, our immune system does get a little bit uh, suppressed. So I think it's a good time to use the opportunity and to chill out a little bit because obviously we don't really know when the racing is going to come, but surely it's not going to be in the next very optimistically two weeks. I'm thinking probably more like, I don't know, end of May, maybe June. Who knows? I mean, we're seeing these these things develop every day and we're not really sure where the next uh, development will come from. So I would say that it's worth Dialing it back a little bit, not worrying about training as much because, yeah, you're you're going to be better off uh, when the racing actually starts if you're not race ready like tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So what's your plan? Just just a bit of light spinning and keeping people entertained on Zwift? So yeah, my plan is definitely to cut back a little bit and relax a little bit do some Zwift in and maybe as pro athletes, we get to go outside every once in a while. Uh, because it is our work in theory. Um, however, that is still, I mean, it's going to be the authorities that decide that, and, uh, whether or not they give us a, the green light or not, we shall see. For somebody like you who's used to spending four or five hours every day on your bike or most days, the prospect of being trapped inside, it must be probably worse for you than most people. Have you got any ideas about how you're going to fill your time? If I do get to ride outside, then that's going to be good for the brain. And um, luckily in drone, I also have some uh, weights uh, so I can do some squats. And that's uh, also going to be a little part of my training for sure now. And I guess you're in touch with the other, the many other pro cyclists here in Girona. I mean, I, I guess it's just a sense of, of shock, isn't it really? What's going on? Yeah, people have been scrambling to get uh, trainers set up. And because obviously not everyone has a trainer here because you don't really need one here because the weather is usually pretty nice. But, uh, so we have been uh, trying to share trainers, seeing who's leaving and who can uh, share their trainer with someone. Uh, I was doing that yesterday, trying to run around a little bit and help people out. But uh, obviously, yeah, trying to stay indoors more than uh, running around, that's for sure. Okay, well, final question. I mean, obviously, everyone is mourning the loss of, of bike racing. You know, it's going to leave a big hole in your life and, and, and in the lives of people who, who enjoy watching it. Do you think you might do some racing on Zwift or are you just going to use it to kind of keep the legs flexible? Depends on how long this lockdown is, I think. <laughs> but uh, I think Swift racing is a little bit too hard for me. <laughs> there was some very good banter about that on on the ride. And for that reason, I'd encourage anybody who's listening who sees Tom's name pop up on a ride to join it because uh, you're guaranteed uh, some good fun over the over the messaging system. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us, Tom. It's, uh, it's great to hear you. And um, I would normally say at this point, good luck for the rest of the season. But like everything else, we just don't know. Uh, look after yourself. Stay safe. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Simon. Well, as I said, boys, I was actually on that ride and I have to say it was about as much fun as I've had on Zwift in ages. I mean, Shane, massive kudos to Zwift for the organised stuff. Um, I did uh, a ride with Esteban Chavez and that was a huge blast too. But the kind of spontaneous pros just joining in thing is, well, well, it's a thing, isn't it? And it's completely community driven. 
Absolutely it is. Uh, Zwift is now the training ground of the pros. We see Andre Greipel on there all the time. I've seen Matty Heyman on there, uh, ex-pro Matty Heyman. Um, it's just where they are. It's you, They can be star spotting on Zwift at any time of the day. They're not just joining these organized events. As you said, they're just on at any time of the day training it's it's the new training ground yeah. i yeah it's it's really interesting to see them gravitate towards that but also they've all they've figured out the technology to get on board i've always said getting on swift can be a bit of a hurdle i've made a whole youtube channel on how to get on swift initially um mm. it's getting easier and easier if these guys who aren't oh well, i won't call them non-tech savvy but i mean they're professional cyclists they're not it experts and Let's be honest, it kind of does take an IT expert to get all hooked up, but things are getting better and they're getting online <laughs> and they're responding and they're talking and chatting. Jack Hay chatting away on the group rides and everything. Absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, as I said, it's the new training ground of the pros. Yeah, yeah. No, they're doing it by choice for sure. Absolutely. Um, Nathan, I don't want to diminish. I mean, far from it. I don't want to, I think Zwift's response has been brilliant. Uh, I don't want to diminish the kind of organized stuff. Uh, that has been a, a fabulous response. But if ever there was a time for the community to come to the fore, this is it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a there is a lot of energy around uh, organizing things right now, specifically uh, from the community that I'm seeing. Meetups are getting a big uptick. Just the other day, um, we were chatting a little bit before this about a team versus team meetup that was done by a team out of Utah. And a team out of California, really cool. One was Miduala, uh, and then the other one was Vivid Cycling. And me and Dave Told jumped on with them, did some commentary on their race to the top of the Epic Mountain. There was some pre – the meetup was on, I believe it was the Three Sisters route. So they did like a little warm-up. We were chatting beforehand and then go to the top. And it was like the top five to the top from each team, take all their times, add them up, and that's the team that won. Really cool thing that just a community team – through together, you know, I think there's a, we're going to see a lot of that where people are like, how do we interact socially in this platform to do our thing with our mates, you know, do our thing with the people that we want to yeah. ride around with and uh, and then being able to connect with others. How much, the number of pro jerseys I see just jumping on, though, too, like you were saying, not, you know, not just Swift organized, but like, you know, I, I log in and pretty much almost every route that I choose, there's the pro kit it looks like or somebody who yeah, has yeah. some sort of verified <laughs> thing so pretty cool to see yeah no it sure is and the community is 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 uh, so far is absolutely shining at this difficult time but hats off to zwift uh, and the race teams they're pulling out all the stops too and there's no real better example of zwift and the teams working together than the mitchelson scott race and ride series uh, so i talked to the team about why they did it Welcome to the Zwiftcast to Taryn Kirby, the Communications Director of the Mitchelton Scott team. Um, Taryn, the first thing I want to say to you is congratulations for acting so fast in getting this uh, race series set up on Zwift. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. That was a very busy 24-hour period, but we're happy to have something underway and it's working really well for us. As a team, what, what did you want to get out of this? Um, we knew when we made a pretty early and strong decision that we weren't going to race um, in the immediate future that there was two things that we needed to cover. One is that we have a bunch of great sponsors um, that want to see us race and get value out of seeing us race, so we needed to find a way to give them value. But secondly, we also needed to keep our fans engaged and I guess actually thirdly our riders are motivated. So 
the series kind of ticks all three boxes. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. I mean, the sponsors question is a big one, isn't it? Because with no in real life bike racing in the foreseeable future, you can see sponsors, unless they're very, very patient and generous, getting a bit twitchy. Yeah, I think you can. And that comes from two things. One, that the normal value that you see perhaps isn't there, the traditional value of live racing, but also a lot of companies around the world are under pressure, aren't they, in terms of whether their service or product is still being able to be used as it normally is. So, yeah, we're definitely lucky that we have um, some really sportive sponsors that backed our decision, um, particularly when races at that point in time were still going ahead. Um, and we definitely felt the need to be able to service them and, and reward them as much as possible. I mean, let, let's be real here. Zwift can never be a substitute for the real thing, but it can complement the real thing and it can fill a gap in, in difficult times. Do you think that's what it's it's doing for you? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think Zwift or in general, indoor training can it fills a purpose actually when we're racing for some riders some riders use it for different sessions short and intense sessions and they get value out of it anyway but obviously that um, interest and the way we can use it is is really heightened during this period where we can't race normally and it's giving someone you know it's giving all of us um, something to work towards riders fan, and something for fans to enjoy absolutely and the engagement levels are incredibly high um do do the riders enjoy it you know what i think they are surprising themselves in how much they are um i think there's definitely some people on our team that traditionally would prefer to ride outside in the snow than ride inside and that's a mental thing that they've probably never tried it so the fact that now they're almost forced but in the end um circumstances yeah they're pushing them to training indoors I think I'm really surprised and I think they're really surprised how much they're enjoying it yeah and I must say I've seen the evidence of that with my own eyes I mean I was on a ride with Esteban Chavez yesterday it was the first time he was on Swift and do you know what I don't know whether it was his communications director typing in the text maybe it was maybe it wasn't but I think it probably wasn't and he clearly was like wow this is really good i can guarantee you it wasn't the communications director he's in colombia and i'm in andorra that we can't control it so when you're a rod uh, leader the the companion app of zwift needs to use the same wi-fi that the trainer is so we can't manipulate that that's if there's a rider typing it's coming from them well, that's really good to hear, actually. Um, and that was perhaps overly cynical of me. But that syndrome of uh, a pro rider getting on it for the first time and kind of surprising themselves about how much they like it and how good it is. I mean, that's definitely happening, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, it absolutely is. Well, listen, um, uh, congratulations on getting this this up and running so quickly. I mean, I, I, I assume you're going to continue with it. Yes, well, we still have quite a few rides between now and Sunday. Uh, which is our original calendar. We'll look at it in the next couple of days to see how much people are enjoying it, what value it's bringing, and hopefully we, it's something we can continue while we're in these uncertain times. Yeah, absolutely, and uncertain times they certainly are. But um, it's been great for you to make the time to talk to me. Really interesting uh, insight, that. Thanks very much indeed, Tarek. No problem. Thanks for having me. 
Shane, that point that Taryn made and was very open in making about, about the sponsors there, um, a really well-made point, I think. Yeah, for sure. Look, sponsors pay their wages. It, it's all pretty simple and sponsors want exposure. And I think their use of Zwift has shown the world and maybe Zwift themselves that the platform isn't all about just e-racing. If Mitchell and Scott only ran races, we'd all shown up we'd all shown up and get beaten up by Mitchell and Scott. That'll be no fun. And they understand that. They're doing yeah. group rides as well. And the social aspect of those has been brilliant. That ride up, I think the Epic Com with the radio tower the other day with Jack Hay, the banter was brilliant. I was in stitches multiple times riding up there. And Jack was was just ticking along at a moderate four watts per kilo hmm. but even for the riders at the back they were looking at the band and getting involved um and at the end of the day no one cares about the results it's the experience and it's all good but there's no doubt that this that the virus um it's a huge threat to pro racing isn't it shade long term i mean you know how long are sponsors going to stick around when they're they're expensively acquired moving billboards are, are no longer on TV. That's the moving target right now. It, we just don't know. But I think no. they are they are a poster child of doing what they should be doing or doing what they can with the tools that are there. And it, it, it reminds me, with all these meetups taking place, it reminds me back on the Jarvis Island days. Remember when we always used to jump, jump online and say, meet at this time and someone will type go. It will start at the tree and we'll race three or four laps bring it back to the grassroots it kind of feels like that with so many people jumping on board now and using meetups to do these group rides um it's kind of back to the good old days mm-hmm. no I, I i agree i i just fear for the for the health uh, the immediate short-term health of, of pro cycling oh and in general yes absolutely the the long term of this and um i mean look at race scheduling we sat down with um team ntt who were die data myself and dc Ramaker sat down and went through with their data guy how they map out their entire year it's not just a year. They've got two years in advance mapped out and every single train, it was amazing. Uh, the planning they did ahead, that's out the window now. Who knows what's going to happen at yeah. the end of the year? If they cram the Giro in uh, at the end of the year in Paris-Roubaix and another time of the year, it's going to be great for the fans. There'll be a ton of racing to watch, but to prepare for this at a professional level um, and then what the sponsors have signed up for, if it rolls over into the next financial year as well, there's accounting issues. It's chaos. We're back on the Swift stuff. It's great. Yeah. There's heaps of them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> and that team, as you say, is an absolute poster child about how to use the available platform, the only platform that's available now for pro pro exposure. I mean, they, they, they their use of it has been brilliant. Um, can't can't praise them highly enough. Nathan, um, I mean, we've already already talked a bit about whether we think the pro riders who've who've jumped on Zwift will stick around. Um, just taking that a little bit further, uh, and Tom's mentioned it in in my chat with him. Uh, if only by force of circumstance, now do you think they will, rather than just turning the legs over, do you think they actually will, or be under pressure from their coaches? to start incorporating Zwift into, properly into their training? So I'm not sure. I think you'll get a small percentage for that, but mm. I think some of them, once out, once more of getting out, like some of them are, look, this is to get by. Like you heard it kind of like to pass the time thing that was there in some of the interviews that we just heard. And I, I think there's going to be some that are still pretty hard dug in on like, look, I, this is the way I enjoy cycling and th- this is not how I see cycling, you mm. know, and, yeah. and th- for them. 
Um, so I think that anyone who would have been sold at this point is probably already sold, but there'll be some that all of a sudden go, well, I didn't even know it was this much fun. But there's another side of this in what you were saying about the marketability of sponsors and the, and, and the connection to people. And that I think there might be something maybe opened up here a little bit more that we see in the streaming gaming um, sponsorship world where there's a direct connection. There's a tactile experience with, with these riders. There's a, like they can actually have interaction at a level that you couldn't have otherwise in which I think sales are driven harder when it comes, you know, are driven more when you have that kind of experience with a brand. Absolutely. I, agree. You know, I think, yeah. you I know, agree. so I, agree. That, I that, think that, that, that engagement is, is valuable. It's hugely valuable. And I think that because of that, you might actually see, because this is a business, right? To be a pro rider is a business for a team. And if they can actually see that they can drive something more for, I, I don't see this as, as a negative for the sponsors. If, teams get creative with ways with the platforms in order to actually drive that interaction with their, with the brands, I think. And I think we're seeing it with Mitchell and Scott. I think there's more ways to do it and you can get harder numbers too. And not just like kind of ran. I mean, you've been in broadcast kind of not totally random, but it's, it's not direct ROI. You know what I mean? Where you can see it a little bit more, I would think with a direct contact with uh, somebody who's a possible purchaser of a product. Yeah. Absolutely right. Um, very interesting to see how this develops. Um, and as Shane was saying, there one Mitchelton Scott rider who's a very keen participant in the Swift rides is Jack Haig. Uh, I caught up with him at his home in Andorra and started out by asking him if he was enjoying the Swift rides. Yeah, it's been a nice distraction from sort of what's going on in the rest of the world. And considering sort of all racing's been cancelled at the moment, it's uh, been nice to have a bit of a bit of a cycling outlet. I went on to ask Jack about riding with some other Australian bloke and the banter involved. Uh, I was a group leader on one of the rides the team organised and it was mainly myself, uh, another quite well-known person on Zwift, Shane Miller from Australia, and then some of my teammates that were just sort of basically having, yeah, friendly banter. And uh, I was kind of expecting before I did that to have a bit more from or a bit more interaction from the other Zwifters. And it's slowly coming and whenever I do a ride or uh, participate in an event, I try and encourage questions towards me because I think it's quite a unique opportunity for some people to ask a question to a pro that they normally wouldn't interact with. One, it makes the time pass a little bit quicker for me as well, being able to answer some questions. And I also think it's a great opportunity, like I said, that they have access to a professional in a platform that they normally wouldn't be able to have a conversation with. Jack has been impressed by the technical nature of some of the questions Swifters have for him. There's a lot of great questions about me Zwifting because I live at sort of moderate altitude, sort of 1,300 metres above sea level, and how that affects it because obviously the game doesn't take that into account and then sort of my heart rate compared to someone else's heart rate or what my max was in the February racing and all this kind of data. So it was good. And obviously I had a question for Jack about the subjects that everybody's talking about, of course, the virus and what effect it had had on him as a professional athlete. A little bit better now. In the beginning, uh, it was quite hard. And I think it's something that people maybe didn't think so much about in the sports world is the psychological impact that this has on us as athletes. Like we go through our entire life basically always having 
an objective or a goal or something that we're working towards. And I don't think we deal very well with uncertainty. We're quite sort of regimented people or quite sort of type A people that always like to have a plan and always like to execute little goals along the way. And all of a sudden that all got taken away from us. And it was very psychologically hard for the first couple of days, but sort of now I've had time to sort of step back, realize what's going on in the world and also then uh, reassess my view on my sport and sort of set some smaller different goals. And then that makes the process a bit easier. And finally, I wondered if Jack's new Zwift habit was likely to be a long-lasting one. Yeah, no, of course. Like, it's a way that we can, there's obviously a lockdown, so we can't really go out and interact with people because for a lot of us as, as cyclists living in Europe that aren't European, our only interaction with someone might be when we go and do a training ride outside. And now that's been taken away and we're sort of more or less even forced to be at home. So now with Zwift, we one, have a more entertaining way to train at home, but we can also have social inter- interactions with like-minded people and even our teammates. Uh, look, fellas, I want, I want to get this right. There's a lot of people deeply worried about their futures uh, and their health and sport. After all, it's, it's just entertainment. Uh, we'll miss it, but it's dispensable. But if you're used to racing and training for five hours a day, I mean, to be suddenly forced to do absolutely nothing or a fraction of what you did... That's a real jolt, isn't it, Shane? Yeah, for sure. Look, I've got to say, Jack's a great guy. And from that interview there, you can tell he's really, really switched on and uh, really appreciates, uh, I guess, the training he needs to do and the sport that he's in and the position he holds, I guess, within the team as a pro rider. Look, I'd be interested in a follow-up with these pros in a few weeks to get their take on Zwift for training and racing versus real life. Because as we know very well, that Zwift races are very much like time trials. There's very little coasting. The races are hard. They're very taxing on the body. Will we see the pros jumping on Zwift riders and asking Zwift for better drafting or crosswinds or sticky biddens? Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just that point about, you know, those five hours a day in the saddle, out in the country, day after day after day after day, and then mixed in with racing, to, to suddenly have that taken away from you. And, and you know, I, I, I don't want to suggest these are special people. Lots of people are going to have stuff they've been used to taken away from them. But I do think it must be particularly hard on athletes. I'd say adapt or oh, I'm not going to say adapt or die. That's a bad choice of words. Um, everybody's in the same boat. So they're all pro cyclists will have to adapt um, the way they're right. I guess it's a little different if you're in Spain or Italy at this week in particular. Um, again, it's this unknown. We just don't know. It's going to be a wait and see. And um, he who dares do something different may win. Um, Nathan, if it did come to a lockdown with with you, I guess I guess you could probably weather it better than better than most, really, because I mean you've got a kind of long history of these monster long rides on Zwift and those Midwestern winters. Well, I mean, I'm gonna shout out to to Dirt here, Dad's inside riding trainers. I mean, that's just lockdown. <laughs> we've, we've been experiencing this forever. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean to make light of it in that respect. I mean, you know. Uh, when you got a lot of different responsibilities and you need to get your workout done and the best place to do it is at home. Yeah. I mean, also like I've had 
frostbite way too many times early on wrecking my left knee. I still like could probably wake up that tendonitis. I caused it because I was a way too enthusiastic young rider who just pounded force workouts. And I think it was negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit one day, barely making it home with frozen fingers. So no, I don't want to have anything to do with that when I first, when I was riding back then long before Zwift, but so I locked down and Midwest winters definitely uh, drove me inside and, I don't, I don't mind it one bit, obviously, but um, I mean, I think the creative side of it, though, too, that we're seeing here, uh, again, will open up uh, some realities to people that are like, wow, we can get a lot done here when it comes to working out at home, which is pretty cool. Okay. Well, at this point, we should probably tackle something that, that, that's coming up quite a lot, actually, and that's with the wholesale cancellation of IRL bike racing. There's a clamor, or at least repeated suggestions that Zwift steps in and runs, for instance, a version of the Giro d'Italia on the platform, you know, complete with World Tour Pros. Um, that is just not going to happen. This was something, again, I raised with HQ, and the message that came back very clearly from them is there's just a huge respect for these races and their tradition. And to suggest that all of that can be replicated on Zwift is, is frankly, a non-starter. And I think that's absolutely right. Um, they're not ruling out some kind of Zwifty version of pro racing with World Tour participation, but very early days in the planning stage at, at the moment. Shane, we'll never see, and I don't really think we ought to see, the Tour or the Giro on Zwift. No, cycling's traditions will never allow for that, I don't think. And you see that over and over and over again. Our GCN today put out a video on how to race on Zwift, and the comments are just brutal, um, off-topic and talking about something entirely different than what the video was about. And look, I think I've spoken about it before quite a bit, which is um, the equipment's not ready for that level as well. It, it can be yeah. ready for a certain level or a certain, I guess, type of race, a new type of race. But And as I've spoken about before, there in the real world, there is one reality. In the virtual world, World, each rider has their own reality and these have to be all meshed and mashed together with an algorithm to present the race that's tough in itself but secondly and really deep down the rabbit hole the power meters that are in use today are only within plus or minus one percent of accurate meaning that uh, if all things were equal including the equipment there's somewhat of a an equipment lottery taking place on all esports final result sheets because how many races are won or lost by less than one percent there's quite a few there so yeah. no, not quite yeah, there yeah. yet but a type of racing there's absolutely a uh, room for that yeah, there is. And Nathan, this is probably a good point to, to raise that, you know, during this crisis, what, what role do you see racing taking? I mean, my sense is that the pro riders pouring onto the platform right now, to be honest, I think I'd rather see them in community group rides than I would racing each other around, around Crit City, to be honest. I, I, I really would. You know, I, I think the community appreciates them better there. Uh, as we were saying earlier, I think the kind of interaction and engagement is better there. I, I, I'd rather see m much more emphasis on 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 groups and community than I would on esports and and racing at the moment. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well, hundred percent. In the way that anybody who gets into any kind of new cycling genres that they they experience the process of, of getting into it themselves and so that's where you start when it comes to Zwift in general is jump on the platform meet up with a random group that or some group that you somehow started riding individually with then you start joining an event or a group ride and then 
start trying out their own community races and then, oh, they might enjoy it. And those who stick around because they enjoyed the platform for what it was and not because of a marketing thing or not because they were invited to. And, you know, like what pro teams do we see in the pro-am races currently that succeed the most and keep coming back and love what they're doing? The ones that were already using the platform and racing in the community races before the pro-am racing started. So I really think that, um, as, as far as the whole Zwift experience and, and, and getting into, um, you know, cutting your teeth on it almost a little bit as, as, as an actual genre um, of um, bike race, you know, of bike racing and, and riding, like that's how uh, anybody should get into it uh, regardless of a pro card in, in another genre. I don't just jump into a cyclocross race and expect to be, you know, racing UCI with Vanderpool. You know what I mean? Like I don't, so I think yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah. that that's exactly where everyone should start, uh, regardless of who they are, and that's a great thing actually because you'll get the full experience and really appreciate the platform for what it is. How do you think these sports? I mean, I think we've seen how Zwift as a whole has responded to the crisis, and that's with an increasing emphasis on events, trying to keep everything else as normal as possible, trying to keep the release schedule going. And and to be honest, I, I praise them highly for that. I think it's absolutely the right move. H- how do you think the Esports team should should respond. Would would you think you we want to see an increase in 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 output from the esports division at the at the moment, or does that all just feel a bit trivial? No, I think that I think so. I think what you said about uh, a little bit earlier about planning, making some high marquee events, but then I think awareness, I think, and creating a, creating some sort of awareness for those who are just coming in who may have interest. You put the feelers out there to them and say, "Here, here's the places to interact with the community and here's the places to get involved in racing. What already is happening on our platform, go and check it out because there already is going to be a drive and an interest and a desire there to do it. It doesn't have to be this situation where it's like invite and, and a carrot or some sort of prize, but the carrot's already there now. You know, like people wanting to jump on who are coming from these world tour pro teams, create awareness and then bring the boost through the natural progression that would come with them going into. And and just have the right communications then between each of the people and where and, and the right touch points to know where people are going to then highlight. OK, yeah, this is a high profile person here. Let's see how this goes, you know, or high profile team. Let's see how this goes as to where they are interacting on their accord with the community and what they're enjoying about the platform, especially in the racing scene. You know, and then have the marquee stuff and out of that development, out of that, they, you know, then end up in the marquee stuff after some community racing interactions as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, I mean, one thing that now people have more time, uh, more are available to join the big tours and the one that's running at the moment, the big mass participation events is the Tour of Watopia. Uh, I've done a couple of stages. I definitely plan to complete all of them. Uh, I've seen huge numbers. I mean, just massive numbers on the on the stages I've do I've done, uh, and this tour comes with the added bonus of double XP points, Shane, which I think is the first time that's ever happened. Um, really good move, I think. Yeah, for sure. Double XP, that's a really neat incentive for people to level up and score all those unlocks through level one up to level 50. 
um, and also unlock the jungle and Elder Zwift and things like that. Um, yeah, double XP, because I'm done with kit unlocks. I don't care for those. But yeah, double XP, even though I'm level 50, I know in the future they'll unlock more levels and will be rewarded. So anybody on level 50, it's still worth doing these and hoarding these points because we saw when the level 50 came out, we were all stuck on level 25 for a very long time. We were still you know, calculating those in the background. They were still being added to our account. So, yep, I like it. Double XP, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, good move. Um, just as a matter of interest, uh, I'm, and I'm going off script here, how often do you visit your garage, Shane, on Swift? Uh, only to change to the Buffalo bike to look just absolutely stupid when I'm doing just standard llama lab tests. So I change to the <laughs> Buffalo bike with the disc wheel and the 404. Other than that, not very often. I'm stuck on the, um, the level 42 kit, the, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's the white and it looks like the old look kit from the eighties. I think I love that kit. It looks so yeah. that's the kit that I use most of the time. Um, only to switch over to the crazy bike or to the mountain bike. Now we did see, again, I'll go off script too. We did see one of the rides with Mitchelton Scott early on. They did the jump jungle circuit and daryl impey led that ride on the jungle circuit wait for it on the road bike and at the start of oh, oh, it was mistake. so I, I recorded this one to show off my new computer in 4k 60 frames a second and i've uploaded that so the whole ride is up on my youtube channel showing off how brilliant it all looks but i said early on i'm like i think they're on the wrong bikes this is going to be very interesting so out of the gates they've ridden out and away they go and as it always goes it gets a bit you know racy at the front as soon as we hit the dirt bang they were out the back and it was it was heaps of fun but Impy was loving it he was actually most of the Mitchell Scott team were on that ride and they were mostly on road bikes and they learned very very quickly we put a big smile on my face that again the experienced Swifters had one up on these pros and we were way off the front but the banter was still there it was still all good um sorry I'm, I'm way off topic here but um yeah heaps of fun yeah yeah but you you don't you don't change your sunglasses on a thrice daily basis i've got a massive wig of hair because if i can't have it in real life i can have it in virtual life and that stays <laughs> um if they give me a new ponytail maybe i'll change to that but not not really not very often at all only for utility for reasons such as you know it's a better bike to use the mountain bike yeah, yeah. on the dirt or the gravel bike other than that i just ride the giant tcr that's what i ride outdoors makes it look same same except for my hairdo yeah. very different yeah I must say I don't. I mean, I got a bit overexcited the other day because on stage, I think three of the tour of Watopia, it was the Alp on the on the longer uh, the longer version, which was the one I Oof. did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was actually it was a surprisingly long time since I since I've been up the Alp and uh, struggled my way to the top, and I got terribly, terribly overexcited because I thought for a minute I'd got the I'd got the lightweight wheels, <laughs> uh, uh, but I hadn't. Uh, People have been doing the Alp to Zwift on the mountain bike though, and it's it's saying it's taking them an extra fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, so I think it's a new there's a new underground <laughs> level up. I think no, it's it's not an in game unlock. It's one of those community. Hey, look, I'm a tough guy or a tough girl. Unlock to do the Alp to Zwift on the mountain bike. I think I think we have to commit, guys. We have to commit to doing that ourselves before the next episode. No. Oh, oh come on no. now. Come on now. No way. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. 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 There's a limit. There is a limit, Shane. You know, the listeners, I mean, the I'll word. put it out there for the listeners then. Listeners, can you please do that? And when you have, jump onto the Zwiftcast listeners Facebook page and let us know. Post your picture of you riding Elpha Zwift on the mountain bike. I'll join you. Yeah. The other well, two uh, you're a braver, <laughs> you're a braver man than me. The world may have gone crazy, but I've not gone that crazy yet. Um, but the point, the point was, I obviously I hadn't got the wheels. I think I've got another set of gloves, which actually in these times may come in handy. Who knows? But um, but then I realised uh, better than toilet paper. 
Uh, let's not go there. Uh, I realised poke, I realised poking around my garage that actually it was the first time I'd been in for like ages. I mean, I assume you visit much more often, Nathan, because you're kind of you're a gamer guy, and that's what gamer guys do. Until I started racing again, actually. Um, and, you know, you're swapping between wheels and bikes, I mean, to get the fastest setup. So if we're going up a climbing course, I got to put on the Melon Steins, which I do have. Uh, I did do that Ooh. 27 Whoa. times. Yeah, 27 times to get them, oh. though. Why did it take 20? <laughs> I do not know why. But I was... that. that so was, you've, got that, you've got them and 26 pairs of gloves, mate. Oh, my God. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and helmets. But so... Uh, and then, you know, swapping between lightest frames and always going to Zwift Insider to get that information on whichever course is what for climbing and what bike and stuff, which is nice. And then that actually prompted me, though, then to take a look at my avatar and be like, well, I don't know, what's going on here with the new looks and stuff? And I, in the past, not so much, but now that they did act, add a couple of uh, extra looks, I was actually a little bit more interested. And I think that there's something here. I know we're really off script a little bit here, but there is something here that you may see more of that is they add more personalization to things, not just like how do I look ethnicity wise or, you know, different kinds of things like that as well, as far as what you want to um, just more things that people can identify with as far as setting themselves apart. And I kind of felt like a couple yeah. of those looks made me feel that way. And I was like, huh, there's something here where I'm way more interested right now than I used to be because of the options that were available. So I hope this sees with adding more options that make things more personal and uh, kind of fun, you know, and cool looking kind of a thing. So mm. it's been a little well, really traditional been- human look for a long time. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Well, I, personally, I like looking human, but um, <laughs> the, the, uh, I realised the other day, and I, I'll ask you two boys this and see whether you know it, but I realised the other day I've got four million drops, and I, I don't think I've spent any of them. Is that all, just, Simon? You know, Is that all, just four million? Yeah, no, I've only got four million. Well, I'm only level 40. Oh, what? what? Hang on, that's a revelation. Oh, what is going no, on am, here? Yeah, no, it's quarantine time to be level 50. What is going on? You've got enough time to level up now, so no excuses. You can't ride outside, no, you can't go outside. Yeah, no, level 50. I'm, I'm, double I'm, XP, I'm double XP yeah. right oh, now. Let's go. On the mountain bike. Up well, why do, you think, why do you think I'm doing the tall watertopia? But I'm not quite sure why I'm level 40. I mean, I, to be honest, I mean, I don't do the huge volumes that you do, Nathan. I really don't. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm still a strict proponent of, quite frankly, an hour on the trainer is quite enough for me. But I have spent, because of my, my kind of illness and my sort of half-assed campaign to try to get back to fitness, I have spent an awful lot of time doing doing workouts. Now, do you get kind of less level credits for workouts? Does anybody know? I brought that up, actually, when I noticed that in workout mode and workout group rides that uh, they were going so much slower. And I was like, our XP is so much slower. And I believe... Uh, I believe it was Mayfield. I brought it up to him and he was, no, you get more. We reward you more for doing a workout. You get a little extra boost true? for doing oh, really? it. I remember him saying that specifically in the slow moving group rides too, because you weren't ticking along as much. He was like, no, we give you a little bit more for doing a group workout actually um, yeah. because of that, that lower tick. Now, I don't know if that's still there, but I remember that specifically being said because I was like, look, this doesn't seem fair. Like why I'm being, um, penalized it feels like for joining this thing and i don't maybe people won't do it because they want to get the cool stuff so 
Well, I remember reading somewhere, or maybe I made it up, that that you don't get as well rewarded if you're in workout mode as you are in normal mode. Have I, is that completely wrong, Shed, or do you know? I don't actually know. I haven't kept track no. of my XP or uh, drops or anything for a long time. No, not not sure. No, no, I don't know. But no, yeah, level forty, I am. Uh, you can heap shame on me as much as you like. I, you know, that's where I am. And Are we starting a competition doing... now? I mean, no. drops. How many drops do <laughs> I, we have, everybody? <laughs> I, I'll lose that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I never got your drops. I've got four million. Shane, how many have you got? I spent a lot on the um, the safety bike, not the buffalo bike. The safety I saved up for that and spent a lot. I've have about three and a half million in the bank now, though, to spend. Yeah, see, I've got more drops than you. And Nathan, I'm pushing eleven million and quite a lot. What? (laughs) I've got a ten point five, ten six. I don't know. I lost track last night or the day before. And I bought some stuff. I need to buy some more stuff. It seems like I'm waiting out for the stuff that's like really, really fast. So. Wow. Well, that's presumably a consequence of just these monster long rides you do. Yeah, Sunday was awesome. Yeah, we like, but they're paying off. They're paying off big time. Yeah, seeing some good numbers. Oh, well, I'm pleased to hear that. Okay, well, look, let's get, let's get, <laughs> we wandered off a bit there. Let's get, let's get back on track. We were talking about the Tour of Utopia. Um, huge numbers on that. Um, but then you've got this kind of added bonus of never knowing like who's going to pop up on it. I mean, like I say, I don't think I joined for this reason, or maybe I didn't look at the description closely enough, but I joined a, um, a time slot that was just convenient for me and, you know, blow me down with a feather. Esteban Chavez was on the ride and he was super, super friendly and engaging. And as I was saying, in that uh, little interview with, with Taryn, you know, was it really him? And um, she assured me it absolutely was. Um, he was great. Did either of you two see see him? No, I didn't get on the Chavez ride. I was the Hague ride and the Impy ride so far, and they've been brilliant. Nathan, have you uh, seen those guys online? Actually, you probably would have streamed a few of those. No, um, I uh, have been mainly focused in on the... Uh, esports side of the tour of Watopia, so doing the pro am stuff and then ah. just jumping on and getting the training rides done. So I did do one tour of Watopia, uh, but it was at a time that there was no uh, guest ride, and and I, I just jump into the races too. Like I'm a little bit more. If I'm going to do something that's like community getting together thing, I just like to do the racing. I just, it's just way more motivating for me. So. Well, there's often a really nice surprise on those on those group rides with these these guest riders. And again, just the kind of background stuff I got from HQ, we are apparently going to be seeing a lot, lot more of that. And and I, you know, just just a bit of a, a, a commercial here for for those events. They're great. They are just brilliant. If nobody, if anybody's listening who's not done one, do go and do one. They're just such good fun. Right on. All right, well, continuing with the theme, I mean, there is only one theme, and apologies if you're all virus-talked-out, but you know what? It's really the only thing we're talking about right now, and understandably. So you might remember that the desert race of last month was cancelled, and a number of teams got stranded in the UAE on total lockdown. Now, this was amongst the first of the lockdowns affecting a bike race, and to be honest, it looked a bit chaotic. Uh, with riders literally confined to their hotel rooms and being driven rapidly mad. Uh, one rider, Nathan Haas of the Cofidis team, put out a call on social media in desperation to Zwift. Please, could you get us a trainer? 
Uh, Zwift responded by getting trainers into a locked down Middle Eastern country to riders in strict quarantine was not going to be easy. Here's the story of how it happened. Bit of a long listen, this one, uh, but if there's one thing we do all have a bit more of at the moment, it's time. So I've let it run a bit. Just a couple of weeks ago, which now seems like a lifetime ago, in late February, the UAE tour was abandoned when two Italian staff members tested positive for the virus. Nathan Haas from the Cofidis team was amongst the riders who found themselves suddenly stranded. Maybe chaos is a little bit harsh. I think confusion um, would probably be a better word to use. It was a really interesting situation in that we went to bed and then the next day we wake up in what was a quarantine. The quarantine itself, it became more serious as time went on and the protocols put in place were sort of coming in as, at first of all, improvised and then it became protocol. The protocol at first involved confinement within the hotel. Oh, you know, I don't want to to come across as saying, you know, we were, <laughs> we were jailbirds or anything. You know, we were staying in a five-star hotel. So, you know, the room was kind of like a fancy jail. You could kind of describe it as, you know, the first days we were confined to the hotel, but we could actually use all of the social space. Um, and then once, you know, I think 400, 500 riders and staff were actually allowed to go home, there was just the people on the fourth floor, um, which unfortunately our team um, fell into that. Uh, group had to stay for a further quarantine period. It was like kind of being in a night in the museum. This whole hotel, this huge hotel with all these different restaurants, facilities within it was empty. And it was just the people from the fourth floor. And um, the first day we were actually allowed to move around and throughout the hotel. Um, and then we actually got locked down further to just staying in our room, um, which was then for the next nine days after that. Um, and, and I can imagine it doesn't take much imagination to realise that that would drive you probably quite quickly, quite bonkers. So you reached you reached out to Zwift. Well, actually, to, to begin with, we weren't able to get bikes. Um, there was some kind of a government ban on us being able to access our bikes because they were worried that they were in an area that might be contaminated. Um, so I actually reached out on Twitter to anyone from um, Abu Dhabi to see if I could actually just borrow a bike. Um, and, and I was actually quite touched by, uh, you know, all the messages of everyone that we actually received from Abu Dhabi. Um, you know, they all felt terrible for us in the situation that we were in. Uh, and then uh, I think it was actually the Swift social media uh, caught on to the fact that I was asking for a bike. And then that was when they got in contact with me and actually sort of said, Nathan, you know, um, uh, you know, if there's anything we can do, let us know. This was the cue for a specialist Zwift team to swing into action. Now, maybe listeners aren't aware of this, but lots of pro cyclists and celebrities and other VIP customers do get set up by Zwift. And there's a team who are in charge of making this happen. They fly all around the world. Uh, it's often sourcing equipment locally. And that team is headed by Bodan Muzil. In the past, it's always been pretty much a matter of last-minute information, a very urgent uh, request either from Eric uh, for for a, you know for a corporate needs or some high-profile athletes, um, usually pro cyclists or sometimes even soccer players or even a boxer. Uh, the latest uh, situation with, uh, with with the team stuck in UAE was uh, was probably one of the best examples where. 
uh, we literally had, you know, probably hours to deal with requests and hope that, you know, we're actually able to to get things through because um, I don't think, you know, there was a larger window. Meanwhile, in the Cofidis team hotel, which was surrounded by a Formula One racetrack, things were getting even more surreal. The truly weird thing was the world around us was still continuing. The Formula One tracks still every single day had incredible Porsches and Ferraris and doing hot laps. And um, it was actually driving us a little bit mad because probably for 10 hours a day, the racetrack was just noise. So you couldn't really escape the noise, even in your room of just these cars going absolutely flat sick around the race course. And then I think two or three nights a week at about nine o'clock, they, they opened the race course to public cycling. So we were inside watching all these amateur cyclists go around the Formula One track going stir mad and uh, just being envious of people being able to simply do the act of riding outside. The Zwift team, though, had caught a lucky break. We were able to find someone on the ground, which um, is actually one of our Z stores, um, you know, a Zwift, uh, Zwift stores, which um, you are able to, to go to and, and try a station, which I've set up about two, two, you know, two and a half years ago. Yas Cycles, which is actually based um, on Yas Island, which is in Abu Dhabi, by a very big coincidence, was stuck on exactly the same island as was the, the riders' teams. And and the hotels. So Bodan had the equipment. The next step was seeking permission from the people in charge of the lockdown hotel. We then got hold of someone from RCS, who's like from the race organizers, who was stuck in uh, in the hotel, uh, who was able to to get us a contact from Department of Health. That was quite uh, unusual as well itself. And then I had conversations with uh, with, with someone called Ahmed, who was. Uh, the officer in charge of the quarantine at the hotel uh, because by then police and army surrounded the hotel with like a perimeter and no deliveries nothing was um, basically coming through unless it was pre-organized it was like essential you can imagine the uh, uh, Zwift stations weren't exactly probably being looked at as essentials but we've managed to have these discussions like a heated discussions between between the teams rcs and the department of health and, and actually eventually do a handover and from then it was just distributed to teams so it was it was uh it was a pretty surreal situation yeah that was that was it really i think it was under 24 hours i think it was 23 hours since i got um a call from steve beckett our marketing uh, boss remotely um, we were able to cater for 11 riders within no time at all swift had um, actually very generously purchased us ipads so we all had a device to be able to use and made sure that we had all the equipment needed um, to be able to do uh, online swift race so it was again it was very touching just to see um, so many people not from the industry reaching out to us, but then even more kind of impressingly for me um, was to see a company like Zwift that really embracing and engaging with, um, you know, the world tour cycling. Um, and it was quite a warm feeling to have uh, a company reach out and really go above and beyond like they did. The interesting thing for me, Nathan, watching you on social media was, was seeing a, a, a kind of conversion process going on because you know, like many world tour riders, and in fact, many cyclists, me included, I'd rather be outside. 
you know, and Zwift is is a complement, not a substitute for outside riding. But it was interesting to see your process really, and, and I, I I guess I'm going to call it a conversion process because you did go, I don't know, maybe I'm exaggerating here, from sceptical to convert, but there was definitely a process involved, wasn't there? <laughs> You're making it sound like it's a cult. <laughs> come to us <laughs> come to the swift light well yeah i think i think you hit the nail on the head there um you know uh, a comparison for me actually was strava for me that was kind of a breakthrough moment realizing that actually these kind of digital um complements to your training can do exactly that and complement it and really actually improve your ability to train because it just changes the kind of paradigm that you're in from a mental perspective. And to take that analogy over towards Swift was I've never really felt the need to do uh, much work on an indoor trainer. For me, it's always been, you know, if the weather is bad, um, you know, I'll, I'll hop on the indoor trainer and do, you know, a comparable version of my training but I've never been in a period where I've needed to be on an indoor bike for very long. So I've never even really looked at Swift. So then I hopped on Swift and I was kind of skeptical. I was sort of thinking, you know, will it feel realistic for one? Um, and two, will it actually aid my motivation to get more of a session done? And after the first session, I have to say it's pretty goddamn addictive. It really is addictive. So it, it sort of just keeps you switched on. Um, um, and then it was also quite cool because a lot of people were really trying to support me um, uh, on a sort of more personal note whilst we were in this, you know, really shitty situation locked in a hotel room. Uh, you know, guys like Matt Stevens were actually reaching out and doing meetups with me on Zwift. And then we were speaking over the companion app and it's, it's much more social than I thought. And, um, you know, even though it's not real life and it's not real riding, it's the best thing I've ever done on an indoor bike and it has totally changed for me. Um, and I would like the listeners to know is, you know, this is, this is not me being paid. Um, this is, this is not me being like supported by Swift or asked to actually say this. It's the coolest thing I've ever done on an indoor bike. I think we can call that job done Bowden, but was there a time when he thought it was just mission impossible? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I probably made, um, close to, I don't know, hundred calls, um, that day. There was a blockade around the hotel, like outside the hotel, which even the hotel staff, which were in quarantine, were unable to see. So, you know, all this information, it was just making sure, just double checking. I'm talking to right people and try to get as high, high up as possible. At the end, we decided to coordinate everything in one consignment, in one one box basically one package because there was it was such a difficult to uh you know like the communication was so difficult that um i i knew that we have to do it in one go and that was it you know if we had a chance then that was it so well some very interesting thoughts from nathan haas there he's uh he's not your average pro rider um i'll tell you that um okay shane quick tech roundup before we go um what's new there's a new elite thingy yeah look i made myself a little homemade steering block when the um uh, future work steering came out for the mountain bike course but elite have come along and topped me on that they have a new steering block that centers uh, itself and sort of 
has progressive resistance and works really well. So jump over to my YouTube channel about that. While you're there, if you're an owner of a Neo 2 or a Neo 2T, I've done a little video a while back on Ant Plus and getting better signal from those two trainers. So Neo 2, Neo 2T, you can actually switch off Ant Plus and use just Ant Plus FEC and you get a better signal from those trainers. Um, what else is new? That's where, oh, uh, where, where, just, just hang oh. on one minute there. Where would you mm-hmm. switch off? Where would you switch off Ant? It's in the Tax Util app, which you use to set your weight on the app if you're using Bluetooth and you use to update the firmware because we all update our firmware, don't we? I hope. But in there, there's a little mm. tick box. You can say turn off, um, I think it says speed and power or speed and cadence, but it does make the signal over FEC a little better. So yeah, there's a, there's a little tip there, but uh, tons of tips and tricks like that over on my YouTube channel for people to get most out of their equipment and uh, have a better experience on the bike. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this might be a good time, actually. I can't remember whether we mentioned this um, uh, on air, as it were, or whether it was a chat off air, but it might be a good time to raise it, Shane, actually. Um, because certainly in Spain, and I think in the UK, and I think it's coming to the rest of the world uh, because things are changing, the mobile networks have been getting overloaded. Do you remember, Shane, what was that trick you came up with when the mobile network was getting overloaded? I think you were at a big race. Yeah, look, this was the Australian National Championships here in Ballarat. Uh, We have the 4G network, um, which has replaced the 3G network, uh, obviously, and everybody's walking around with 4G devices. And within the iPhone, you can switch back to 3G. The legacy network is still there. And it had a ton more bandwidth than a saturated 4G network. So if you're on your mobile phone in these dire times and everybody else is on their mobile phones on the 4G network, it may or may not work. It's worth a try because it's better than you know, not, not having internet at all. If you switch back to 3G, you may get better performance. You just may. So there's another Good trick tip. up your sleeve to, uh, yeah, to try and use. Good tip. Virus hacks. Um so, a uh, bit of kind of personal personal stuff then. I mean, I, I think as people will probably know, because I've been moaning about it on social media, um, I, I am and have been for, for some little time in complete and utter and total lockdown. Uh, here in Spain, it is um, not only very well enforced by lots and lots of police who, whenever I've come across them, have been friendly, but definitely present. Uh, yesterday I left my apartment for the first time in two days. Um, and it's weird. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It's very, very, very strange. Um, I think these lockdowns are, are, are probably coming to other parts of the world. Uh, my view, um, this has raised a bit of a kerfuffle in, in certain places in social media uh, certainly a tweet i put out um showing uh, <clears throat> policemen challenging riders because you're not allowed to ride outside here caused uh, caused a bit of a fuss um my position on that is uh, i agree actually i agree i mean the theory behind it is that if you have a crash you would then take up precious healthcare resources and okay the crash risk is probably pretty low But if it was your granny who couldn't get a bed or a ventilator because some silly cyclist had uh, lost his front wheel going down a hill, then I think you might see the virtue of that. Um, So, yeah, it's strange, but I'm I'm coping fairly well. I mean, uh, obviously, lots of us live our lives uh, or parts of our lives online now, and that that becomes even more important in uh, 
in these difficult times. Shane, do you do you see a lockdown, a proper lockdown coming to Australia? Uh, again, it's one of these I'm going to have to answer with, we just don't know. It's, mm. it's very, very strange times, but I do know I have more trainers here uh, than I can ever ride in a lifetime, so I'm good for that. Um, as for powering those trainers with getting access to food, uh, all our shelves are stripped of meat and chicken and... Um, a lot of the fresh produce um, really? already. Now, so the, the, go- the, the strange, the, sorry to interrupt, but the strange yeah. thing here is there's been like zero panic buying. I mean, absolutely zero. I went out, um, there were the kind of gap between the rumours of a lockdown and the lockdown starting was only about 36 hours. I went out when it looked like the lockdown was going to be put in place and the supermarkets were a little bit busier but but no, no nothing crazy. Oh, and we've got punch-ons. One, we've got yeah, really? it's nuts. And the, well, oh, yeah. there were one or two one or two gaps on the shelves, but people were generally calm. And since the lockdown was in place, as I say, I went out for the first time in two days yesterday to get some bread and milk, and the the, the supermarket shelves were completely stocked, absolutely full. Do you think that's a some kind of Anglo thing? This panic buying. I have absolutely no idea. Nobody can explain it. I'd, the psychologist will have a field day with this because mm. just looking at the toilet paper, the initial panic buyers went out and bought toilet paper for reasons unknown. And now the demand for toilet paper is a much higher because there's no toilet paper. And now that's spread over to everything else. But funnily enough, walking through the supermarket, and I've, again, sorry to go off topic here, but as a cyclist, we know what to look for, for the carbs we need and the food we eat. And we're quite conscious of our diets. If you walk through the supermarket, even if there's no meat, no chicken, no pasta, you can go and find some rice or you can go and find something yeah. else. We're really good at finding alternative foods. And to be honest, there are some aisles that are completely stripped here, but there's other aisles that I don't typically walk down that I can get a good week's worth of food out of, no problems at all. I think it's what this is doing is breaking people out of their little bubble and just changing things a little bit um it's it's how we, i guess we deal with that um i guess it's lucky that we have a hobby of being indoors and being fit um and i think that's the one mm. thing we can do while we are fit and healthy um to try and be as fit and as healthy as we possibly can be so in times of sickness we can get over it a little quicker i think every time i've fallen off my bike and had a crash or broken a bone i've bounced back so super fast because i've always crashed yeah. when i've been the healthiest so i think in times like yeah. this if we can eat well sleep well, um, and keep our mental state straight. Um, yeah, I mean, it, this is, there's no communication block as well. So as we're talking here, get on the phone to your friends, get on, get on in the, the internet, get on yeah. FaceTime, spend time with your family that way. Um, lockdown yeah. doesn't mean complete isolation. So, yeah. No, that's, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm actually here on my own. The rest of my family are back in the UK and that, that's just a kind of accident. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and traveling back was difficult. Probably in an ideal world, I would have gone back, but you know, I face them two or three times, FaceTime them two or three times a day, and I don't actually feel too distant from them. But would I mean, what do you say, Shane? Has your life changed at the moment out of all recognition, or is it just some minor stuff? Funnily enough, no, it's business as usual for me because I work by myself, for myself, with myself. Yeah. I do absolutely 100% of everything. Um, deliveries are still arriving. Um, a few weeks back, there were some firmwares that have been delayed. There has been some product pushouts. Um, that's par for the course anyway. So not really, but I'm not sort of getting on social media and making fun of that at all because there's people who are in a dire circumstance. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah, not too much for now, but I'm conscious of what could happen in 
maybe in the next few hours, next few days, but I'm also across all the new services. Well, the credible new services. Um, yeah, it, I'm just WTFing so much these days that I haven't ever before. So very mm-hmm. interesting times. Mm-hmm. Nathan, I think I think the States is probably a little behind the rest of the world. To, Oh, me, I'm just complete. <laughs> in in terms of the of the of the virus spread, uh, forgive me if I've got my epidemiology wrong there. But um, how much has has your life changed? As well, we, as I we mean, speak? we're me and Shane are in very similar circumstances as far as what we do, right on a on a daily basis. Uh, so not much has changed there. Uh, except that the schools are shut down. So in the U.S., we uh, saw everything happening ahead of time, and the responses have, surprisingly, I've been actually pretty um, impressed with the responses. Uh, uh, not you know, From the federal level, maybe not as quite as, as, as much, but from the state's level, like their most states are acting very quickly and mm-hmm. our kids are all out of school. That's happened last week. Businesses are shutting, are, are shutting their doors. I mean, it's happening r- really quickly. Uh, and I think it's specifically because we had a, a head start, like you said, to see what was happening elsewhere. And I think that because of that, that we just had a vantage point to be able to respond and take uh, necessary measures to try and keep spread down. You know, I think especially with the current situation with um, the number of beds and just the number of, of, of availability when it comes to healthcare to the population, I think also there was just some realities that had to be faced that look, if we get overwhelmed it could be worse than what we've seen other places, you know? Yeah. So um, it, the American healthcare system, I think could get overwhelmed very, very quickly. We, it's very interesting too, on the panic buying side of things, certain communities it's happening, other communities, not at all. Uh, it's, and, and we are very much a melting pot with very distinct, different, you know, areas, cultures, population densities, things like that. And I think that is uh, impacting what the experience is for um, quote unquote average American, it's not going to be average, you know, with how many different localities we have. So I know some friends in some states, they're like, yeah, like we're all out of like everything. Actually, and also depending on the store too, I've noticed at least locally, like some of the stores are really low on stuff and some of the other stores are just completely stocked still. So, mm-hmm. um, but locally for me, panic buying hasn't been a real issue. Everything's available really. And um, just staying home and keeping contact as low as possible uh, uh, for now just to make sure that uh, nobody gets sick in house and we don't spread anything anywhere so everybody stays healthy. Yeah, yeah. The the very strangest thing for me has been going out and, and as I say here the, the lockdown is really well observed. People are t- treating it with enormous respect and, and you just don't see people out unnecessarily. To the extent I, I did actually pop out yesterday because... Um, I was on a, a social ride before all this started with a very nice American guy, actually, and he, understandably, has had to, to go back to America. He was due to be here for a very extended stay. Uh, and he said, he just messaged me and said, look, I've got a couple of CO2 bottles. I won't be able to fly with them. Do you want them? Which I thought was very kind of him. So I thought, well, I need an excuse to get out of the flat. So I went to see him, obviously stayed two metres apart. Um, but I had to walk through Girona to, to meet him and... Obviously, the kind of no people thing is weird, 
But the thing that really gets you is the silence, complete and total silence. No traffic noise. I mean, in the old town in Girona, there's not a lot of traffic anyway, but there were no cars. And I just stood on my own for about 30 seconds before anybody thought I was like, Mr. Weirdo. Uh, <laughs> and in the middle of a very historic part of the old town of, of Girona, and it was completely silent. I mean, that actually does mess with your head a bit. Guess you don't got that in Ballarat, Shane. Uh, it's always pretty quiet here. Um, no, we're not <laughs> at that level just yet, but I did read a quote on Twitter the other day that made me stop and think. And it said, uh, you all realize we're living through a future history lesson right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Mm. Yeah, absolutely right. Anyway, I'm sure the listeners are not particularly interested in us wittering on about this for uh, forever and a day. But I do think it's interesting to get to get that that kind of global perspective that the three of us can uh, can offer being in different places. Okay, well, um, that's it. That's it for this one. Um, Nathan, so just business as usual, ready for you, my friend, I guess. Well, perhaps even more business as usual because, because you know, the our online world of, of Zwift is, is, is so much more populated. Yeah, a lot of uptake in, uh, uptick in events. We're going to be, uh, we're already starting to cover extra ones, so be on the watch out for that. Um, and uh, tons and tons of riding on Zwift, always an opportunity. There's always something going on, it seems like, if you're into the Zwift world, so um one thing I've other one little other shout out I've noticed is the number of live streams is like really picking up. Like oh, I can really? go oh yeah. So especially like in the Twitch world, I've noticed and uh that like at any time of day almost I can go on and they're like the other day, this is like unheard of. I, I saw almost a full page of Zwift streams. People streaming wow. Zwift. And that would be, I think, 16 or something. I don't know, like like 16 different people. And some of the people had like pretty high viewership. Um, that was like respect, like almost partnership level viewership for, for a Twitch stream, which is a fairly high level of, of viewers, actually. So that was pretty cool to see um, how many people are sharing their experience. So that was something that was very, that was new that I think is coming alongside with all of this. And I think one other mention there, too, is that people are used to jumping inside and have the routine in the winter. This is new where like we're in this time right now of the year when people are used to just getting out on their bike. And yeah. I think there's people who replace cycling in October, November with maybe something else rather than getting inside right now they're expecting to cycle. And I think that's another yeah. reason why we might see a different yeah. uptick too. Very good point. Very, very good point. Yeah. I mean the, the habitual thing of, you know, it's spring, I want to be on my bike, but I can't be on my bike outside. So I'm going to have to be on my bike inside. That's a really good point. Shane, have you seen, uh, I mean, I know you watch your YouTube metrics uh, very carefully. Have you seen unusual spikes uh, or trends or interesting things happening as a result of our um, change circumstances? Yeah, look, I think everybody wants a tax flow trainer, apparently. My video on the tax flow trainer, which was from a few years back, is going through the roof. I think people are typing really? in uh, cheapest smart. I think it is the cheapest um, interactive smart trainer that you can get. $360 US, I think. It's quite. It's even cheaper than the original Elite one, um, though that is still for sale. still very cheap. Um, so there's a lot of uptake uh, in the viewership of those. And also my Apple TV 4K video for Zwift, um, which goes to the A to Z of Apple TV 4K, how to set it all up, what it's all about. Obviously, it's changed a little bit since then with a little bit better graphics. Um, that's also going up quite well in views. 
Um, and yeah. that, those two things, they're, they're about accessibility, aren't they? They're yeah. absolutely about accessibility to the platform. And that's what my channel is all about, helping people get online, sort of demystifying how hard it all is and getting some hands on. I go through and, and set everything up myself. So if you follow my steps, you'll get set up and running or get close enough that you'll be able to figure it out anyway. So, uh, and that's mm-hmm. what the channel's all about. It's really good to see content I've put out there from years ago. Um, and Zwift Insider will have this as well. I'm sure that a few of their posts from a while back are getting lots of hits. Zwift Official have a lot of uh, help uh, and uh, articles online, which I'm sure are getting viewed. Um, so it's really good to see these resources we've created over the years being utilized in times like this for people again just to escape the current situation we're all in um and just yes but if it's an hour as you said simon an hour on the trainer is 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 enough absolutely clears the mind i tell you what when i was racing my b grade race the other day i couldn't i I was i was just seeing red i couldn't see anything and for 15 minutes there i was in another world absolutely brilliant so good to see more more people enjoying that absolutely and that's that's a key word i think shane escape uh, for me, the two key words about about Zwifting at the, in these difficult times are escape and therapy. You know, as I very often say, you never feel worse after a bike ride, whatever kind of bike ride it is. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, a, a pleasure as always to talk to you boys. Uh, particularly, you know, a bit of human contact for me <laughs> for me with familiar voices is uh, is definitely appreciated in these times. Thanks very much indeed, fellows. I think we might be doing another Zwiftcast uh, probably a little quicker than we normally do them because, um, hey, we've got lots of time. Thanks very much, boys. Talk to you next time, which hopefully will be uh, be a shorter distance than usual. See you soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Usual reminder time. The Zwiftcast is supported by Zwift, but we decide what goes into the podcast, not Zwift. Thanks for listening. See you next time.